Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back to another episode of the Testudo Talk podcast. I'm Andrew Chodis, of course, alongside Emmett Siegel. Maryland football is 5-0 and off to their biggest test of the season so far this Saturday, where they'll be headed to Columbus to face off against number four, Ohio State. Emmett, how are you doing? Initial thoughts on the matchup? Uh, well, I mean, I think we were all circling this matchup before the season started as if Maryland can get to that 5-0 and point, we'd have a big-time matchup with the Terps going to Columbus. I'm definitely excited to see what happens. I know a lot of Maryland fans are getting really excited about this game. I'm really excited because this is the biggest test that Maryland has faced by far this season, not even remotely close. So I'm definitely interested to see what happens Saturday in Columbus, and I'm sure we'll we'll get to that a lot this episode. Yeah, it should be a really exciting matchup. We'll be there live in attendance to uh to, to take in all the action. But as you said, right, a lot of people have been critical of Maryland's maybe, you know, easier schedule they faced. You kind of go go through Towson, FC, FCS opponent. Charlotte doesn't have, you know, a power five uh win yet. Virginia, maybe one of the worst teams in power five, and the Michigans in Indiana who have really struggled this season. So it's a completely different opponent, Ohio State is for Maryland, and we should learn a lot about the Terps this weekend. Yeah, I mean, Ohio State is not just the best team that Maryland has faced. It's one of the best teams in the entire country. You know, this is this is an elite team that's competing for college football playoff every year, competing for Big Ten championships every year. They've been stymied by Michigan the past two years, but this is still probably, you know, about the cream of the crop of the Big Ten. So um, especially going on the road there. That is a tall, tall task. Uh, Maryland comes in as a big underdog, as we know. I think the most recent betting line was about 19 points. So, you know, Maryland is uh, is coming in with a, with a lot to prove, a lot to uh, to prove to a national audience. This game will be on Fox. So uh, another national TV game. Seems like Maryland's been getting a lot of respect in that aspect. We got news that uh, their next game against Illinois will be on NBC as well. So people are taking interest to the Terps. They've started out the season hot. But we've seen this before. Now the question is, can they keep it up throughout this middle part of the season and kind of hold their own against one of these top teams? Yeah, and I guess we can kind of go go right into the ins and outs of the matchup. I guess, Justin, in your opinion, what do you think is going to be the number one key for Maryland if they want to come out with their first win ever against Ohio State? Yeah, like you said, they've never beaten Ohio State. Um, and the games on the road at Ohio State have been particularly lopsided. We've seen the past couple of times that Ohio State has come to College Park. I don't think they came in the COVID year. I don't think they even played in the COVID year. So that would be the last two times they've played, I think, um, were, were close games. Those, those were games that Maryland was in it to the end. Has not been that way when Maryland goes to Columbus. Um, we've been seeing Ohio State scoring you know, in the 60s. They've been scoring in the 50s. A lot of points they're putting up. What you can't do if you're Maryland, my number one key to the game is that you can't start slow. We talked about this so much with some of the other teams they played this season, Maryland, that is, about not starting slow when the games start to matter more. And the games, we're at the point now where the games are starting to matter more, the opponents are starting to level up, we're starting to see less and less margin for error. If Maryland gets behind early on the road in that environment with 110,000 fans against a team full of studs that are going to the NFL, I mean, they're doomed from the start. So what you have to do if you're Maryland, you have to come out of the gates fast. I know they're going to be motivated, but you can't shoot yourself in the foot with with turnovers, with whatever it may be, with coverage busts. You have to come out fast. It would be nice if they could score the opening touchdown, score the opening points, get a little bit of confidence in them. Um, But we'll definitely see. I think that's the biggest thing, though, is that Maryland cannot get behind early because playing on the road against a team like that, if you go down early, it's pretty much over at that point. Yeah, and I, I want to key, key in, especially on what you said about the margin of error. 
Um, Maryland, we, we saw, you know, against against their games in Charlotte and Virginia, they got off the slow starts, early turnovers, you know, c- c- kind of allowed those th- th- those teams to get ahead early. When you go against a team like Ohio State, an early interception, you know, a kick return fumble like we've seen in previous games, it's just not going to fly, right? Ohio State, they have they have dangerous weapons all over the field. We'll, we'll get into that later, especially on the offensive um, side of the ball. So it's just the margin of error is so slim for Maryland. And any of those little mistakes that they made early on in the season, albeit they really have cleaned it up to start Big Ten play against Indiana, against Indiana and Michigan State, but just the way Ohio State's offense can get rolling at times when they're next thing you know, you know, sees one touchdown turns into four touchdowns by the end of the quarter. And they've done that against Maryland too, especially in Columbus. I think it's all time in Columbus. I think Ohio State's outscoring Maryland around 58 to 18 in those games. So it's a pretty ridiculous number. So Maryland firsthand has seen what can happen if, if they're not, if they're not sharp early. Yeah. I mean, the one thing that I don't worry about about this team that maybe I would have in years past, I don't worry about Maryland being phased by the bright lights. I know there's some young guys on this team. I know there's some guys that maybe haven't played in a game like this, but it seems like from at least what they're putting out to us, at least what they're letting us see is that this team is not scared of anyone and that this team is really confident. Now, whether or not that actually translates to on-field success, we'll see. But I think that there's no doubt this team won't come out like a deer in the headlights, at least. Yeah, well, I want to interrupt you just a little bit there because while I agree with that to an extent, I do think that this team over the past four years is really the team that has the most expectations. And I think this is kind of the game from a national audience where there's been a little more rumblings, maybe Maryland, maybe this is their year, right? So I just, I guess if you're a Maryland fan, you kind of hope that those expectations that have been put on them don't kind of don't kind of shine bright, you know, when the game starts. That's that's my only concern when you talk about being phased. Yeah, and we'll see we'll see what happens in terms of like how much they hear that. I'm sure they do. I mean, they can say all they want that, you know, they don't know what they're ranked or they don't know, you know, faceless opponents, nameless opponents, whatever it may be. Like they know they're playing Ohio State. They know they're undefeated. They know Ohio State's undefeated. They know they're a top five team. Like Ohio State's reputation precedes it. And Maryland's reputation for better or for worse precedes it as well is that this is normally the game where Maryland would kind of collapse. And, you know, then the season starts to, to go downhill last year. We saw them push Michigan. That was a big confidence booster. I know they dropped that game to Purdue, which, you know, you look back on that season, that's kind of the game that stands out to me of, you know, what that season could have been, but you know, what Maryland has to do is not flop and you can't flop early, right? People are going to be tuned in. People are going to be, Oh, I want to check out uh Talia Tungvalo. I want to check out Maryland. I want to, see how they do against a real team. I know they're 5-0. and A lot of people were talking about them being ranked. If they come out and they have a slow start, everybody's tuning out. The narrative has already been made. Maryland can't play when they when they play against the big boys. Um, you can't let that happen. I think Maryland doesn't care too much about all the outside noise, but there's no doubt that maybe if they get off to a slow start, that starts to maybe creep into their head a little bit. Yeah, and I guess with that, we can specifically start previewing Ohio State. And I think we look no further when we talk about their many weapons is – Marvin Harrison Jr., right? One of the best players in the country, a guy that at any moment's notice can 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 have a 200-yard game. One of the best receivers in the country was a runner-up last year for the uh, for the Blitnikoff Award. So, I mean, what, what have you seen from him this season that just makes him su- such a dangerous threat to Maryland secondary? I mean, it's not even just this season. It, you know, it was last season as well. Marvin Harrison Jr. can do. I mean, he can, he can do it all, right? He's an NFL-caliber receiver. He's probably going to be the highest wide receiver taken in the NFL draft in a while when, when that draft comes around in April and for good reason, right? He's got all the tools. He's got the speed. He's got the height. He's got the hands. He's making the acrobatic catches. He's making the simple catches. He's making defenders miss whatever it is. Marvin Harrison jr. Can do it. Um, he's an impossible matchup, frankly, for a defense to completely limit. 
right? You're not going into this game expecting Marvin Harrison Jr. to, you know, have one catch for 11 yards or something, right? You're, mm-hmm. He's going to get his. But the question is, can you limit elsewhere and can you avoid maybe the big plays? He has multiple touchdowns of over 50 yards this year. You know, he's a big play threat. If you can limit those plays, maybe keep him in front, you know, let him have his eight yard slants and just push him out of bounds instead of, you know, letting him get around the corner and bolting for 50 yards down the field. That's kind of what they have to do. But the Ohio State receiving core is, you know, it's, it's easy to look at Marvin Harrison Jr. because he's probably the biggest bona fide star on this team. But in Mecca Buka, yeah, you know, their, their, their second receiver is probably, I would go as far to say maybe a top 10 receiver in the country as well. I mean, this, this, and this, this is the team we talked about it on the reaction pod to the Indiana game where their defensive line, you know, we're talking about the same program that put out the Bosa's put out chase young that put out numbers of, of, of NFL players. I mean, just look at the players from Ohio state in the NFL right now, Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, I'm going to miss a bunch, Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, Terry McLaurin. Um, I could just keep going. I, I, blanking on some of them, but there's so many that are in the league that are so good. It's the same thing every year. They're loaded up and down the roster. Ibuka is just as good. He would be wide receiver one on almost every team except for Ohio State. So it's kind of a pick or poison. There's no way to completely shut them down, but it's going to start at the quarterback position because they have a freshman quarterback that maybe has a little bit of question marks surrounding him and maybe what he'll truly be only has four starts under his belt. That's kind of where it's going to be. You got to make him distressed and not let him get the ball to his playmakers fast enough. Yeah, four starts under his belt, but as we saw in Ohio State's last game against Notre Dame, he leads them in the in the final two minutes on a 65-yard game-winning drive for a top-10 win on the road. So he's shown his potential to come up there in big moments. And Ohio State's potent offense, right? It's it's known, right? We I think Maryland knows they've they've had 60 points scored on them. They know what Ryan Day and that offense can do. And I think we can transition that directly into Ohio State's defense, which has been Absolutely unbelievable um, so far this season. They are allowing under nine points a game, um, which just kind of saying that out loud is is absolutely ridiculous. Um, sixth in the nation in pass defense, top three in the Big Ten in both pass and rush defense. Emmett, what does Maryland need to do to break through Ohio State's opponent defense? I mean, Maryland has to do everything right. In Maryland, the number one thing it has to do is it has to hold up in the trenches. And that's an easy thing to say. We're talking about the Big Ten. We're talking about, you know, the, the reputation of this league is games are won in the trenches, but that's really what it is when Maryland plays a team like Ohio State is, can this Maryland offensive line that we have a lot of questions about that has played better in recent weeks, but hasn't really been fully tested yet, can we trust this Maryland offensive line to hold up against the likes of, you know, JT Tuamolau and, you know, Tommy Eichenberg, like their linebacker group is ridiculous. Like this team is absolutely loaded. Ohio state is, and this defense is, is going to get pressure. The question is, can Maryland's offensive line hold off the rushers long enough for Talia to get the ball to his receivers? Cause that's all Talia has to do. doesn't have to force it. doesn't have to you know necessarily make those outstanding plays. He just has to get the ball to his receivers and let his playmakers play plays. He has to hand the ball off and let the running back take the hole, but can Maryland's offensive line hold up? I don't know if they can't, it's going to be a long day. It's going to be a lot of pressures. Maryland's not going to be able to get anything going. Um, but that's kind of where it all starts is up front. Yeah, no. And, and you mentioned, you know, kind of give it to give it to the running back and find those holes. As you mentioned, it's going to be so difficult uh, for Maryland's offensive line, who obviously we've seen improvements throughout the season, but the Ohio state D line is an opponent like, 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 like none they faced all season. And I think from the opening drive, I think it's going to be super telling uh, just to see what Maryland's O line can do. But 
kind of kind of ironically, Ohio State's offensive line has kind of been a question mark of theirs as well from a lot of people I, I've spoken to at Ohio State, seeing that there's a lot of questions on their line. Travion Henderson has their star running back, hasn't really been able to get it going. The offensive line hasn't really head up, you know, held up that well. So Maryland's defense, which has obviously been a strength through the first five games of the season, maybe this is a game where they can kind of show themselves out and prove that 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 their Big Ten, I think they're second in the Big Ten in, take, in takeaways, maybe that they're for real and kind of exploit an Ohio State, you know, offensive line that has struggled at parts this season. Yeah, I mean, just watching Travion Henderson for the last couple of years, I'm just going to assume that any running back struggles they're having is not his fault yeah. because that guy is absolutely ridiculous. Um, but yeah, I mean, like Maryland has its work cut out for him on, on the defensive side of the ball. Right. And, and, and there's no, there's no JT to player. You know, there's, there's no guy that's, that's, you know, stands out as, you know, necessarily that, that one star, if Jay Sean, you know, we'll see about what happens with Jay Sean Barham, right. They don't necessarily have that, that one guy that you're like, this guy's going to take over the game. Right. Well, All right well, go you- ahead. No, 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 no. I agree with you, but you mentioned the name Jayshon Barham, and I know that coming to this game, there were some Mer- health discussions revolving around some big Maryland people. So I think that's also something we we need to to get into if you want to get into that. Obviously, yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, my point was more so that Maryland's just gonna this is gonna have to be a full team effort, right? Yeah. I mean, Maryland's had a couple guys like like Tarheeb still. You know, we know Barham, we know Bo Braid, we we know these guys up front. Um, but it's all gonna it's gonna have to be everyone. It's gonna have to be eleven players, and you have one weak link, and a team like Ohio State is so good. I mean, Ryan day, you know, I, I know Ohio state fans have expressed their, their discontent with him at times and the way he's managed games, but Ryan day is one of the best offensive minds in college football. And what great offensive minds do in the game of football is they, they work out the right matchups to get, to get their guys in the right matchups. You can't have the weak link. You can't have, you know, Tarheeb still is holding down Harrison, but then Jaquan Shepard lets Ibuka get deep, you know, like yeah. you can't have that happen because Cal McCord, he might be a freshman, but he's a starting quarterback at Ohio State for a reason. And, you know, this this team will make you pay uh, all sorts of ways. And if you're shutting down the running attack, they're just going to, you know, uh, excuse me, if you're shutting down the passing attack, they're just going to run it down your throat. So um, this has to be a full team effort. Maryland has to play pretty much perfectly. And turnovers, like you mentioned, would play such a big role in that. If Maryland can get some of that momentum, Maryland can, can frustrate a freshman quarterback. That would be so huge, especially early on. Yeah, no, and I think just in regards to Maryland, Maryland's defense, I think that would be so telling, not not just for them internally, but kind of just the the outlook on the on the program as a whole. We you know we've seen them be able to have inter, uh, takeaways in in four straight games now, right? But now you go against one of the most potent offenses in the country. Can you force them into some uncomfortability as well? And if you are able to do that, that puts you, that, that's really where I think for my main key to the game, I think Maryland's going to have to make big plays, right? I, I don't think they're going to beat Ohio State by just two teams going back and forth. I think Ohio State wins that battle 10 out of 10. It's going to, Maryland's going to need to make big plays on both sides of the ball to kind of flip the game on its head. I think that's the only way Maryland wins. I mean, just think about the most recent games that we that we referenced, the home games for Maryland against Ohio State, the times that they've played it close. Think about the game back in 2018. We were mm-hmm. talking about this, I, I know on Tuesday, I was talking about it with, with some of the reporters, just about how crazy that game was. Like yeah, Anthony McFarlane goes for like 300 yards on the ground. He has like two 70-yard touchdowns. There's a kickoff that bounces back Maryland's yeah. way, and Maryland <laughs> receives, it's like an accidental onside kick. Like yeah. That's what it, I mean, Maryland is miles better, by the way, than they were in 2018. It's not even remotely close. close. That team would beat this, you know, this Maryland team would beat that team by, by four touchdowns, but in Ohio state might be worse, but, but even so like 
Maryland is going to need plays like that in order to win this game. Maryland is going to need momentum plays. Maryland is going to need turnovers on defense, going to need big plays on offense. And it's going to take a full team effort and it's going to be tough. And, and I, I know that we said we would talk about their health. Um, I'll just quickly give the update that, that I have is that, you know, Jay Sean Barham did not dress in the last game against Indiana. Um, he was practicing on Tuesday. Um, he was in pads. He was a, pretty much a full participant. He was out there, you know, during their, their walkthroughs and, um, and even during their, they've been, they've been showing us a little bit of 11 on 11, which been kind of nice. Um, I'm pretty sure he was out there as well. Um, not necessarily full contact, but he was out there and Tarheeb still was available to the media on Tuesday. Generally, if they don't think someone's going to play, they're not going to make him available to the media. He was kind of off to the side at practice, but, um, I would expect both those guys to play just for the record. That's just speculation, but I would expect them both to play on Saturday. Yeah, and then I, I know we, we briefly touched on how Travian Henderson has, isn't having his his best season statistically so far. And I think we also have to look at a guy in Roman Hemby who has, you know, which I think, as you mentioned, like Anthony McFarland had some of those big plays. You know, Maryland's going to need to have a good rushing attack against Ohio State. And Hemby, he's, he's, he's really struggled the past two games. You know, what do you think is kind of has been affecting that the past two games? And, and what do you think Maryland needs out of him? I mean, I think it's been probably a confluence of things. We know he's been dealing with an injury. We don't really know the full extent of it, but it's probably been bothering him. But I think the second thing is just that this offensive line, from what we've seen through its first five games, is that it looks like a much better pass blocking group than a run blocking group. Those are two totally different skill sets. And, you know, maybe last year, you know, once again, speculation, I haven't looked at all the, you know, the all 22 tape and, and broken down every play, but it certainly looks like, you know, maybe CJ Dupree was a really good blocker at the tight end position that they maybe you've lost with some young guys. Um, this offensive line is maybe a little bit less sure in the middle of the field. So it's hard to, you know, get, get those, get those runs up the middle going. Um, I think it's probably a confluence of things. I think Roman Hemby is probably not feeling 100%. And I, if I would guess the holes are a little bit smaller this year and, um, you know, it's hard for a running back is that, you know, all the blame gets put on them necessarily, or maybe not even the blame, but you know, their stats suffer as a result of, you know, the, the team performance. And I'm not saying this team has played bad. This team has played well, but, um, but I'm not sure, sure it's totally a Roman Henry problem as much as just a running back problem. I mean, Colby McDonald's had a couple of big runs. Antoine Littleton's had a couple of decent plays, but for the most part, this running game has not really gotten going recently. And that's definitely a concern for Maryland. If you're trying to beat a team like Ohio state. And I think you meant you put you were right on with the offensive line. Just kind of put that into perspective. Last game, uh, DJ Glaze, Corey Bullock, and Mike Parcell, Mike Purcell all had pass blocking grades of, of of over eighty. With DJ Glaze having a pass grade of pass blocking grade of almost ninety. However, their run blocking grades, all five linemen were extremely poor. So it's kind of showing the disparity right now that they're having. There, they've shown their ability to protect the lead tag of Iloa, but they haven't shown the ability so far. To, to, to get to, to get space for the running backs, and they're going to have an unbelievably difficult challenge against Ohio State's front seven. Yeah, I mean, I guess in a perfect world, you, you'd have both, right? You'd have the, the run yeah. blocking and the pass blocking, but if you're going to choose one, I'd probably say that pass blocking is more important in I, a game I like would, this, just would, because if, yeah, if Talia doesn't have time, your offense is completely hindered, regardless of how well you can run the ball. But, you know, they need Talia to have time. This game is going to be decided if Maryland is to somehow win this game. Right. And we understand they're big underdogs and maybe this game, you know, will come away from it still feeling positive if Maryland loses. But if Maryland is going to have a shot at winning this game, it's going to be a big game from Talia. It's going to be a big game from the passing attack. It's going to be a big game from the offense that starts yeah. with the passing attack that starts in Talia's right arm, right? That that's going to be the deciding factor of this game for Maryland's offense. So um, as long as they can hold up, all right. And we don't know they will. 
Um, but as long as they can hold up all right, I think you give yourself a fighting chance. I completely agree. I mean, if Talia has that time and space and the and he's shown that he has the ability to make big plays, he showed that last year against Ohio State as well. I think that's what can keep Maryland in the game. And you couple that with if the defense is able to continue making big plays, get takeaways like they've done in the first five games, I think that's how Maryland keeps this one close. By the way, just like an aside, we talked about this a couple minutes ago, but I was just curious. I want to see the exact numbers. Anthony McFarland in that game against Ohio State in 2018. 298. Right? 298 yards in one game. Like that is that's absolutely ridiculous. 298 yards. I mean, I was there. I, 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 I remember that game, but yeah, I mean that that's insane. I, I don't know if Maryland's getting 298 yards from Roman Hemby this week, to be to be totally <laughs> I don't I I don't think they're getting 298 yards from Tulia Tiger by Lowe. That's I don't mine. know if they're getting 298 yards from any running back in the next hundred years. Um, but anyway, we've, we've, we've kind of talked about uh, how both teams stack up with each other. Some keys to the game. Um, just quickly, like, how do you expect this game to play out on Saturday? I know that, that I've talked about yeah. Maryland needing to start fast. How do you kind of envision it all happening? And what, what can we put on tape that we can be, you know, cold takes or hot takes exposed um, on Saturday night after, you know, we predict this totally wrong? I think it's going to be much, much lower scoring uh, than we expect. Um, I think that Ohio State's defense has been unbelievable this season. Um, they, they they haven't allowed any offenses to do anything. I think Maryland's defense is much improved. I think it's going to be a pretty sloppy game. Um, Ohio State coming off their bye. I, I, can, I, can I give a prediction as well? Yeah, go for it. I think it's going to be 21 to... 13 Ohio State. Very low oh, score. So really low score. Yeah. That's yeah. I think the thing you said about the buys being overlooked a little bit. Like playing Ohio State off a of buy is brutal for Maryland. Like Maryland's best games against Ohio State have been the look ahead games to Michigan. And Maryland has really benefited from that. And Maryland's benefited from, you know, I mean, imagine Ohio State coming off playing Notre Dame, that emotional win. You know, they're beat up after playing a, a team as physical as Notre Dame. Then they get a full buy to focus on Maryland. There's no looking ahead here. <laughs> So that, I, that, that's kind of maybe a little bit of an underrated aspect of it that Ohio State has a full week to prepare for. Well, the things that there's there's always there's two things that happen after a bye, right? Either the team they're not able to continue the momentum and having a bye kind of is not good, or like what you said, having a bye is able to rest and refocus. So I think there's two possible outcomes here, and whichever one Ohio State comes out with, it's gonna it's really gonna be telling of the game. Yeah, I mean Ohio State probably went into that bye with a, as much momentum as any team in the country. Um, yeah. I'll give my score prediction. I expect this game to maybe be close to start. I don't expect either team to run away from it early. Like you said, I think there might be a little bit of a feeling out period with Ohio State coming off the bye, getting back into game action. Um, and I don't expect, like I said, also Maryland, I don't expect Maryland to come out looking scared, but I think Ohio State is just too talented of a team. This is too good of a team, especially on the road. We've seen Maryland go here with worse teams, but we've seen Maryland go to Ohio Stadium and, and you know get its doors blown off. Um, I don't think that'll happen, but I expect a somewhat convincing Ohio State win. Um, I'll say Ohio State wins 42-24. Uh, I think Ohio State wins by about two touchdowns. No, and, and you, you make a good point there. I, I, th- I think that if this game was was in College Park, I think, I mean, even just history shows us, right? I think it would be a much closer game. It's I think it's going to be unbelievably difficult for, for, for Maryland to win on the road in Columbus. I mean, mo- mo- most teams in the country can't win in Columbus, so I, I, I don't see... I really don't see any chance Maryland pulls off the upset. Except only one team can win in Columbus, and that's the one team that Ohio State hates losing to the most. 
at least Correct. recently. Correct. So yeah, um, two years in a row now Michigan beat them. Is that right? Two years. Yeah, now? I mean, only one of them was was on the road, but uh, but yeah, that's two years in a row that Michigan Ohio State hasn't beaten Michigan since 2019, if you include the COVID year in there. My my 21 to 13 prediction. Wow, that no, that's actually going to be on 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 cold takes on cold takes exposed. <laughs> if, if if we can get cold takes exposed to hear this, 21 to 13. I mean, I stand if, by. If, if 21 if 21 to 13 were to happen. How would you how would you feel leaving that game? I would think if you're a Maryland fan, if you're someone following this Maryland football team, if they only allowed 21 points to Ohio State, you know, the 13 points would be a little bit frustrating, but that feels like a little bit, I mean, I know there's no no moral victories necessarily, but it feels like a little bit of a moral victory if you could hold this team down that much. I I th- I just think that people don't understand how good Ohio State's defense has been this year and is. And I think that Maryland's defense has been overlooked, and I think they are their best defense they've had in quite a long time. I think it is going to show for both teams on Saturday. Well, That's I think we're I'm... looking forward to uh, to seeing how it all plays out. Thank you all for listening to the Testudo Talk podcast again. We'll be back live from the Horseshoe on Saturday. I know I'm really excited to get out there in Columbus. Uh, should be a really fun atmosphere. I don't know if you've ever been, but but definitely a really cool stadium. Definitely one of the best atmospheres in all of college football and a huge game for Maryland, one of the bigger games in the last couple of years. So, uh, So yeah, really excited to see how it plays out. Thank you all for listening and we'll see you Saturday evening. You know, when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks. That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming. And we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.